Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. We are in the second of our unbreakable series, Following the Life and Story of Joseph. And we are today in Genesis 39. We are only going to read verses 1 through 12 and 16 to 21, but I encourage you to read all of it so that you can get the fuller picture of what's going on in today's um, part of his life. Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in, the sight, in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And with him there, he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good-looking. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her or to be with her. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she caught hold of his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home, and she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to insult me, but as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged, and Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we were introduced to Joseph and his family. Joseph's father, Jacob, favors him over his 11 other brothers. And after Joseph dreams of power over them, they conspire to kill him, but then change their minds and sell him as a slave where he finds himself sold to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. And this is where the account of Joseph's life resumes for us today. Now this week, Joseph is no longer with his family, and we hear nothing about them. He is alone, 
and faced with how to live, maybe even survive as a slave under the authority of someone else. And this is a fairly new experience for him as he had great freedom before, really only under the authority of his father, who frequently indulged his every whim. It is a huge fall from grace. So how does he respond to this new life when it seems so unjust and unfair? Is this a when life gives you lemons, make lemonade kind of moment? These are pretty big lemons if that's the case. In our lives, we can face moments like this when everything changes and not for the better. Life can seem and often is very unfair. How do we respond? Do we lash out in anger? Do we try to get back at those who we believe have caused our harm? Are we tempted to compromise our values in order to feel like we've somehow gotten justice? Do we let those moments strengthen our identity? Or do we let it hijack our true values and turn us away from who we are created to be? In this part of the story, Joseph has a lot to teach us about faith, about grace, and standing up to do the right thing, even when that decision can bring suffering and persecution. Now, this chapter encompasses Joseph's time in Potiphar's house, and there are three scenes, and we'll look at them one at a time. Now, the first scene is Joseph becoming Potiphar's servant. As I said before, this is a huge change in Joseph's life, and not for the better. He has fallen from being top dog in his family to being utterly alone and under the rule of someone who sees him as property, something to be bought and sold, not really human. And it's so hard for us in today's world to begin to even imagine how this felt. We get upset if someone tries to tell us we can't carry a gun, have to wear a mask, walk on this side of the street. Try to imagine if every aspect of your life was dictated by someone else and not of your own choosing. What does Joseph do in response to his new situation? Well, he makes every effort to do the best he can given the circumstances. He doesn't try to run. He doesn't fight or take his anger out on his master. I believe he is relying on his faith. Somehow, some way, he has the sense that God is with him and will work out all things for good. Maybe he is remembering those dreams. And even though he can't see how, he trusts that God would not have given him those dreams if they weren't going to one day be true. And because he is faithful, not to Potiphar and his circumstances, but to God, God blesses him. Now, I'm going to pause a moment here and say that in no way do I believe God wants us to submit to another's power over us if it is harmful or demeaning to us as human beings in any way. If you are in a relationship with someone who abuses you, makes you feel trapped or under their control or like you have no value, get out of that relationship as fast as you can and get help. God does not put us in situations like that on purpose. It is not God's will for you. This kind of thing is the result of sin and evil. See, what we see in Joseph's story right now is Joseph responding to God's presence in his life, filled with faith that God is with him, that God is working for his good. And as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Joseph sees his job 
is to bring glory to God. It's the living, breathing example of what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, when he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And it does. Even Potiphar, an Egyptian who worshiped Egyptian gods, Pharaoh being one of them, sees Joseph's success in all he does as a blessing from his God. Scripture says his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all he did to prosper in his hands. Joseph's unbreakable faith, even in the face of injustice, caused him to remember who he was, a child of God, that he was never alone, and that God was always with him. And that faith gave him the strength and courage to stand firm in his identity. He knew who he was, and his current situation would never change that. We can all be assured of that too. No matter what situation we face in any day, our faith gives us our true identity and gives us strength to face each new day with confidence that we are not alone. And when we face tough situations with hope and grace instead of anger or retribution, we show the world what the love of God can do. And that faith can certainly shine a light in the world around us as people see the goodness of God working in and through us. We can change the world by holding fast to our faith in good times and bad. Now, scene two, Potiphar's wife. Now, again, I'm going to caution us not to jump to the end and try to justify her behavior as some part of God's ultimate plan. Like God gave her this overwhelming desire so that Joseph would end up just where God needed him to be. And maybe we like to believe that God is so in control of everything that even, when, that even the bad times of our lives are planned for a reason. It is what we say to give ourselves a bit of comfort in bad situations, right? Everything happens for a reason. Well, in a sense, I believe that, but sometimes the reason is quite simply sin and the evil that exists in the world. God gave us free will, and we can and often do choose sin over what is right and just. If it's a part of God's plan for us to hurt one another for acts of violence and abuse, then we can't by rights put anyone in jail because God planned it. No guilt. If any of this kind of behavior is God's plan, then he wouldn't have needed to send Jesus to save us from the power of sin and death. And that is exactly what's at play in this part of our story, right? Potiphar's wife is under the power of sin. She is fully tempted by lust. It's almost like she can't help herself. Joseph is so attractive, and she believes she has power over him. So he should just do whatever she tells him to do, right? But Joseph, who is physically as a slave under her authority, resists. It's kind of interesting, but many commentaries tell us this pursuit went on for probably 10 years or more. That's a long time to stand your ground against temptation. But he does. Going back to his faith, he knows who he is and what God requires of him. He knows what is right and what compromising his values will cost. 
So what does happen when we give in to temptation or compromise our values for some perceived benefit or in order to avoid certain consequences? I think about the rising number of people breaking their marriage vows, succumbing to the same temptation that Joseph is faced with here. What does it cost them? I see families ripped apart, children losing their sense of stability, homes and assets being sold, court battles, trust lost and never regained, money for lawyers or counselors. Is any moment of pleasure really worth all that? When we give in to temptation, no matter what the sin, it is never worth what we lose. Sin is fully grounded in self-centeredness. It's all about us and what we think we'll get out of it. Just take the money. We deserve it. Just get in the car when we know we've had too much to drink. We can handle it. Nothing will happen. Just punch them in the face. They deserve it for what they said. See, but what we lose is so much more than just the normal consequences of fines or jail time. We can lose who we are or who we want to be. We can lose our life. We can lose our soul, our salvation. Sin breaks relationships. It makes us forget who we are and tries to make us believe that what we do doesn't matter. We're not loved by God. God is not with us. We will never be good enough, so why even try to do the right thing? See, in this moment, faith calls us to stand firm in who we are, children of God, loved and set free from the power of sin. Because in this moment in Joseph's life, Potiphar's wife, who seems to have power over Joseph, is really the one who's the slave. She is a slave to sin. Sin is directing her, controlling her. Joseph, who by all accounts is the slave, is really the one in control and with power. Power over sin through his unbreakable faith. And so he is the one who has power over her and her attempts to break his identity, to make him a slave like her, a slave to sin. And even though he is persecuted for doing the right thing, nothing can steal his soul. Nothing can take away his true identity as a beloved child of God. So how do we respond when faced with a similar decision? I thought about Brittany Griner, the WNBA star detained in Russia right now. She was charged with possession of an illegal substance, hashish oil, and trying to bring it into Russia. She faced the court this week and made the decision to own up to the truth. She pled guilty because she did indeed have it with her when she went through the airport. She did not intend to break the law because it's legal in her home state, but she wanted to do the right thing because she knew people looked up to her. She is a model and example for others, and she knows that may complicate her getting home that she may have to serve a long sentence for this crime, but she stood up and told the truth. That's integrity, like Joseph shows here. 
I thought about Rosa Parks, who refused to move from her seat on the bus so long ago because she knew it was wrong. She was arrested, lost her job, received death threats, but she stood up for her values and for who she was. No compromise. And I think about William Tyndale, who was burned at the stake in England for illegally translating the Bible into English and having it published so the common people could read it. He knew it could cost him his life, but he did it anyway. There have been countless people throughout the ages who have taken a stand for what is right, and the cost has been high. But what they gained is a far better treasure. In Matthew 5, 12, Jesus teaches us, Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And in Romans 6, 20, 20 to 23, we read, When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what fruit did you then gain from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the fruit you have leads to sanctification and the end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. By the grace of God through faith in Christ, we have the power over sin and death. We have the eternal reward of unending life. We have hope that is strengthened in suffering and the challenges of life. If we will grab hold of the power given to us by the Spirit and stand firm in our identity and our beliefs, no matter what the cost to us in this life, faith tells us that God is working through it all for our good, even if we can't see it in the moment. So once again, in scene three, Joseph's life seems to take a dark turn as he is unjustly accused as a result of his uncompromised values and is thrown into prison. And although I don't believe this is what God designed for his life, God is already walking ahead of him, making a way for what is to come and to make all things work out for good. See, once again, Joseph holds firm to his faith, believing God is with him, and the end of his story will be beautiful. He works for the glory of God, and God brings prosperity even in the middle of a prison. And we will see what God does with all this brokenness, all these sinful acts, and how with Joseph's unbreakable faith under the protection of God's unbreakable love, God uses it all for good. So what about your story? We all have those moments when life seems, and maybe is, unfair and unjust. We are used and abused, slandered undeserving of the challenge we're facing. Or maybe we're facing some temptation to do something for monetary gain or pleasure. How do we respond? I pray that we all begin with faith. Faith is so important in these moments. If we can remember in the midst of our temptations or our suffering that Jesus faced it all, Yet his love for us gave him the power to stand firmly in his identity as Messiah, a Savior, 
and do what was necessary for our salvation, for our freedom, for us all to have eternal life. He faced temptation, knowing that he could not compromise who he was, could not compromise our futures, and he stood firm. He faced torture and death, knowing that even though the cost was enormous, the reward was greater. When we face those times in our life that cause grief and suffering, when we are tempted to compromise our values, our identity in Christ, we can remember how Christ died for us. We can remember the amazing grace and the unbreakable love God has for us. We can remember that we are never alone and we can stand firm, doing whatever is right in the eyes of God to the glory of God. Those around us will see the power of God working in us, and we will be a light to the nations, a light of the love of God we see in Jesus Christ. So face each new day, good or bad, with hope and love, knowing the promise of the life to come. God is faithful. Let us stand firm in the truth for the truth, and let our faith be unbreakable. It's who we are. Amen.